This is Dominic Dajakovic, and I want you to feast your eyes and ears on Aaron and Tom on the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast Show. My name is Aaron, and joined with me, as always, is Tom. Tonight, we have a very special guest. He's about ready to get prepared for his matches at the Collective. It's Mr. Mike Outlaw. Mike, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me. And, um, yeah, I'm here. Let's get it. So let's let's start right there. You're going to be at the Collective this weekend, which is a tremendous showcase for a lot of uh, independent wrestlers in the world, not just necessarily in the United States. It's basically y'all's WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Tell us how you've been preparing and some of the matches that you've got coming up on that show. Well, um, I've been, the way I've been preparing really is um, I've been in the gym a whole lot. Throughout my career, there's times where I feel like I've been like focused, unfocused, focused, unfocused. But like ever since I've heard about the collective and what I'm doing, I've been 100% tuned in and focused. Um, in the gym. I'm actually going to the gym right after this podcast. Uh, cardio every every day that I go in the gym. I've been eating right. It's been so much easier to eat right when you know you got good things coming up. Um, that's really about it because usually I'm always training at, at, at the wrestling wrestling gym all the time. Um, so it's just it's been easier to be focused. It's been easier to be focused knowing what I got coming up. In your opinion, how big of a weekend, though, is this for independent wrestling, in your opinion? I know a lot of people have five, six, seven matches uh, booked for themselves. It's kind of like a showcase for a lot of big companies to come in and kind of take a look at you guys. So how do you feel about that? Easily the biggest weekend in independent wrestling this year. Um, Because you got, like you said, you got shows running. You got 12 shows within like three days. Um, different companies, different uh, representation of different people for different shows. Um, And I don't think there's not one single person that's like on every last show of that weekend. Every show brings something different. Um, Every show you will see somebody different and you will see how deep the talent pool is in independent wrestling. With all these shows going on, um, the ones that you're not booked on, are you going to try to catch as many of them as you can to kind of watch the talent out there? Absolutely not, man. It's uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's still you still got Corona going on out here, so uh, it's better to play it safe. Uh, no matter how you how anybody personally feel about it, other people, you know, um, you don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, unnecessarily uncomfortable, just hanging around if you don't have to be. So I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of these shows will drop at a later date on IWTV. Hopefully, maybe that's what I'm hoping, so I can check it back. Um, but no, man, just the shows that I got, that's where I'll be at, and hopefully, I can check the the other ones at a later date. So tell us a little bit about some of the shows that you are actually going to be on, and some of the shows that some people can actually find you at. Well, I got Glory Pro versus Lee Moriarty. And then I got um, I got something else. When when is this podcast dropping? <laughs> is it dropping tonight? It'll drop drop tomorrow probably or tonight. Tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and say it. I got I got Florida culture as well. 
Um, I don't. I wasn't told what I'll be doing, but I've talked to AJ. AJ said that I'm on. Just show up, and when I show up, I'm gonna show out, regardless of what I'm doing. And that's all. That's the only two things. That's the only two places you can catch me. You know, you mentioned something kind of interesting there. How many times in your career have you just shown up and then something has materialized for you? Is that something that's pretty common for independent wrestlers a lot, or or do you have more things set in stone a lot of times? Well, it, it, it's um, very early on in your career. That's that's like almost the only way you're going to get booked is if you just ride with somebody and you just show up and hopefully you get an opportunity. Um, now I'm at the point where most of my things or most of my schedule is like booked ahead of time. But if I have a free weekend and I have absolutely nothing going on, I'll hit up some of my friends that's in the area that's doing something and I'll jump in the car with them. And at this point, like hopefully I get on. If I don't, it's not disappointing. It's not like disappointing or anything. I'm just going just for the ride, just to hang out, just to, you know, see a wrestling show. But if I get on, I'm going to do me. Um, kind of like so that. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's up and down, you know. Always bring your gear mentality. Always, always. <laughs> that reminds me of, um, I don't know if you guys seen the last ride with Undertaker and whatnot, and he was at WrestleMania. And Vince asked him if he had his gear. <laughs> and he yeah. didn't have his gear. He had to fly back and get his gear. So, yeah, uh, it, it happens. Yeah, that's that's a, a common place, I think, anymore. Everybody brings it now. Um, have you had uh, challenges at shows where, I guess, for the promoter challenges where people just don't show up, so they're glad people are there with their gear? I'm pretty sure I have. There's no, like, particular incident or, like, show or anything that comes to mind, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it, it, it. I'm pretty sure it's happened. I just can't think of when or where. Gotcha. So tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get in professional wrestling? Uh, in school, uh, were you very athletic, uh, known to be a great athlete, or is this just something that you fell in love with as a kid and then just rode from there? Something I fell in love with as a kid from the age of six, watching Stone Cold. Around you know, around the time the Attitude Era started, um, just grew up wanting to be a wrestler. I grew up with, I mean, like just watching like The Rock and Austin and like all the Attitude guys, DX and all that. And then eventually, as I got older, I ended up getting into TNA around like 2003 and fell in love with the X Division as well. So at one point in my life, I fell in love with like the characters and the theatrics of wrestling. And then once I found TNA. I fell in love with like the athletic aspect of it. Um, in school, was never was never an athlete or anything because I always tell people they didn't have professional wrestling in school. That was the only thing that really interested me as like a sport, you know, from a sports aspect. So I just knew once I got out of school, once I got older, that I was going to be a wrestler. It was just something that's been like ingrained in my mind ever since I was a kid, and something that I had no doubt that I was going to do and I'm doing it now. So what clicked for you as far as the getting into the training and everything? What did you, um, did you send out like emails to different uh, wrestling uh, training facilities or how did your route to getting trained, how did, how did that go for you? Well, as, let me see, from like, I think around the age of 16, 
I started looking for wrestling schools, but I could never find none in St. Louis. And eventually I found a very cheap one down in Atlanta, WWA4, which is very popular. And I always planned on moving down to Atlanta. I ended up buying one of those um, home wrestling school DVDs that they had with Alex Skipper in the ring, trying to teach, but I didn't have a ring, so it was, it was kind of pointless, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but uh, over time, um, I got older and, and it was kind of just hard for me to just up and move to Atlanta by myself. And then eventually I just kept looking for schools and I found one in St. Louis, Dynamo Pro. And I went down there and I checked it out. And then I checked out one of the shows I think the first show I went to, they had Adam Pierce there defending the NWA title. So to me, that just like felt like, okay, it's a pretty good school. So I ended up joining that. At any point during your training, did you think you were a little bit in over your head? Did you second guess it a little bit? No, never. <laughs> never did. I knew I knew I was gonna do it. It was hard at times, but I knew I was never going to quit. I never second-guessed it. I was, I second-guessed how good of a wrestler I probably would be, but I knew I was never going to quit. But, yeah. I always find it very interesting how professional wrestlers, uh, they always have a little bit different story on how they try to juggle their training and their wrestling shows and trying to to work another job and things like that and the family and all that aspect. How has that been for you? And have you had any challenges in that aspect? Well, I mean, early on in the game, I would, no matter what the day was, I missed holidays. I missed birthdays. I missed a lot of things. Like, I, like even if I wasn't booked on a show, I would still go no matter what day it was. Now, six years in, I kind of felt like I got to the point like I would go to shows and people would already like not to get like not to like get in like ego or big head or anything, but like people would already know like who I was or something like that. And it was like, what's the point of even just like going if people already know, you know what I'm saying? Like so at this point I pretty much have a good balance of work, wrestling, and family. Um only I value some shows more than others. So like if let's say my sister's birthday coming up, I have I got that in my calendar. I'm going to that. Unless there's something like very big or career changing that could possibly happen, but I won't just be booked in random town in Illinois for no reason for that. I think that's a great a great mindset to have. I think a lot of times people lose that and they uh, they have a lot of issues and kind of lose touch with their family along the way. Um, but I also know that's a hard balance too because if that perfect opportunity knocks, you almost have to take it. So that, I know that's really challenging for y'all. Yeah, for sure. That's like, like I said, like if something big come up, I would definitely have to take it, but I'm not just traveling for the sake of traveling no more yeah if anything pops off tomorrow mike's not coming he's going to the collective we're letting you know now <laughs> no special <laughs> surprise birthdays tomorrow no anniversary dinners nothing mike's going I'm, to the collective Does i'm going to the collective that? i'm going to the collective i don't care what's going down tomorrow you know we had gary J on the show 
And he called you one of the most charismatic, hardworking people he's ever been in the ring with. And he doesn't understand why you're not signed to a big company already. When you hear fellow peers like that talk so highly of you, how does that make you feel? It motivates me. It, it, it's, it, I'm the type of person where negative, there's people out there who, um, get, some, who get motivated from negative opinions and that, like what they call the haters and then like that push them. I don't pay those people no attention. I get, I get motivated from the positive people in my life, the people that um, really believe in me and really, you know, they really say nice things about me. Those are the people that motivate me. So like a guy that like I really respect, like Gary J, a guy who's a veteran, the day I walk through the door and, you know, and for him to say that about me, it really means a lot to me. And that's something that really pushes me in times where I feel like, where I feel like, you know, unmotivated at times. <laughs> if that makes, I feel like I'm talking in circles, if that makes any sense. No, you're fine, because I understand that. You know, the way that you guys put your bodies through things sometimes, it's, it's probably easily to lose some motivation on certain days, especially if you're battling injuries and, and you've been on the road for so long. So has there ever been a point in your career where – you had an injury that was plaguing you so bad that you just felt like you needed to pull yourself off the road or are you just uh, somebody who just keeps trucking no matter what? No, because um, I've never had an injury, to be honest with you. Like, I've had little sprains here and there where I probably had to be off a week. But, like, even during those times, I was always fortunate enough where I probably didn't even have a show that week, so it all worked out. But I've never had, like, broken bones or torn ligaments or – anything like even right now as i sit here i have no aches in my body i feel great so i've never i've never i've never once thought about stopping ever when i'm watching videos of you one thing that stands out to me is your promo work i really enjoy your promo work a lot because I, when you're talking i actually believe you i don't feel like it's scripted and something that someone's written down for you to say uh, you captivate me with your emotion in each promo that you do. Is there anyone in particular that you kind of, have, kind of studied throughout the years in their promo work or someone who's helped you with your promo work, or is it just your natural charisma who gets you through it? Um, let's see. When I think of wrestlers, they're probably – there's Steve Austin, there's Foley, there's CM Punk. Those are guys that, like – I try to like channel at times for like that real emotion. And then I just watch like pro like just over time, just watch promos, different promos here and there, and just see their cadence and like the eye contact and stuff like that. Early on when I first started, a uh, guy by the name of Jake Durden, who were who was um one of my trainers. He was really good at stuff like that. He helped me out, he helped me out a lot with promos and like character work and stuff like that. So I also want to give him a nod to that. And I kind of channel a lot of my energy from like battle rap as well. Like just something that's outside of wrestling because those guys are like very intense while they're on stage performing and like aggressive. So, like, I channel a lot of that energy as well. I feel like it's always good for people to find inspirations that's outside of wrestling to bring it into themselves. So that way they're kind of different from what you normally see within the business. 
So on the other end of that, um, as far as your in-ring ability, is there people that you look to and the style that, that you try to work? Um, do you look at certain uh, wrestlers out there and try to try to look at their moves, moveset and incorporate that into yours? Or do you just kind of do your own thing? I do my own thing, 100%. I would say that I'm probably inspired by AJ Styles and Steve Austin from, like, just – demeanor character and just being an all like an AJ Styles just being like an all around he can be a mat wrestler he can fly he can he can do this he can do that where you know but um as far as like move sets I try to not do what other people are doing I think that that uh, definitely makes you stand out uh a lot of times I do see uh talent that are overusing other people's move sets and they may look cool but I think what you're doing is going to make you stand out amongst everybody else, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's. I hope so. That's that's what I'm planning on. That's what I'm thinking of. You won't um, not knock it, but you won't ever see me do a super kick ever, or a cutter. If I see this and I see a super kick or a cut or a cutter, I, I'm gonna text you immediately like I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. You ain't gotta worry about that. So, okay, so that brings me to an interesting point. Let's be honest. The world of professional wrestling has totally changed from when you started growing up watching it. There's a lot of high spot, high spot. There's a lot of finishing maneuvers that were back in the Attitude Era that guys are now kicking out of seven, eight times a match. Which are you more of a fan of? Do you think the normal wrestling fan needs to adjust to the times and – how wrestling has changed or are you someone who wishes it would kind of go back a little bit how it was in the late late 90s early 2000s I feel like a wrestling fan needs to just adjust with the times because just like anything else in the world wrestling is going to evolve wrestling has uh continued to evolve wrestling like even back in the 90s wrestling wasn't what it was in the 80s and in the 80s, it wasn't what it was in the 70s. So, like, nothing's going to ever stay the same or it gets old and still. So, wrestling's going to evolve. There's going to be aspects of that old school stuff that's going to come back around and get integrated into the new school. But it's going to evolve, whether wrestling fans like it or not. And if, and if you're a wrestling fan and you don't like it, you just watch old wrestling. It's like music. Music evolves, but there's always old school wrestling. You can go... I mean, old school music. You can always go back and listen to Tupac if you don't like J. Cole. So, that's that. Go ahead, Tom. So, looking at some of these moves that, that kind of like what you talked about, like the super kicks and stuff like that, um, do you feel like they should just slow up on those? Or is that something that is – like when we talk about it evolving into today's where that's kind of commonplace, um, do you think that they're overdoing that too much? Or do you think that, you know, it's, it's something that will just roll on and eventually it'll click to where more people will be um, accepting to it? Or is it just some of the old school guys that, you know, don't like it constant? Are those the ones who are, you know, kind of sitting there and not liking it as much, and it, it'll be fine. Well, my, I mean, my personal opinion, I think, 
on certain shows that do get overdone, especially especially indie shows that don't really have a structure besides just a match number. Uh, I've been on certain shows where they would have like, okay, two dives on these, on the whole show and like matches I have to pick like, okay, I'm taking one of those dives and then another match take the dive. So that way the match, you know what I'm saying? That way the show doesn't get like redundant with just like the same thing over and over. So like if, if promoters can get more organized like that, I think things like super kicks and cutters would would mean more as opposed to um, just guys doing it every other every other match or every match. Um, over time, possibly like who knows? Like cutter, like stuff like that might slow down, and then it might be another move that's like done to death. So <laughs> we we'll just, we'll just have to see with the time on that one. Yeah, I feel like the Canadian Destroyer is getting that way, too. I feel like everybody's trying to do that. And it looks cool. It really does. And as like you said, as long as there's not, you know, seven matches on a card and you see five of them, it's fine. But if you see five of them, you're like, okay, that's that's yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Well, it's you know, it goes back to that own aspect of there's a super kick in almost every match now. Mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels hits you with a super kick, you're not getting up. Yes. You know, so why is Shawn Michaels super kick more impactful than Dolph Ziggler's super kick? So you got to have some psychology with the moves a little bit, I believe. And hopefully it will balance itself out a little bit. I'm kind of like you. Uh, if ever match everyone's doing an off the top row or a suicide dive, then it takes away from someone else's match. Every match needs to be unique in its own way. Most definitely. Um, yeah. So there's a question that I like to ask. Uh, is there anyone, whether they're a big star or someone on the indies, that you would love to work that you haven't had the opportunity to work yet? I want to work Fred Yehi. Um, Yehi, if I can get a chance to work Leo Rush, I love to work Leo Rush. Leo's probably one of the smoothest guys I ever seen. Um, hmm, who else on the Indies? Those probably like the top two. I've worked ACH years ago. I'd love to do it again. Yeah. At this point, no, that's probably about like the the wants, but like I'll work anybody if the situation comes up. But like those are probably the wants is a Yeha and a Leo and would love to do Albert again. And those matches would be great. I'm just gonna be honest, those would be some really great matches. Yeah. Hey, I'm sure some of them are gonna be up there at the collective. You could put a little bug in their ear while you're up there. <laughs> well, uh I don't I don't know if I ever I don't know. I don't know what Leo's doing. Um I'll see I'll see ACH around and I know Yeha's not gonna be up there. He has other stuff going on. Is the St. Louis area wrestling getting back yet? When we spoke with Jerry, uh, Gary J a month or so ago, uh, everything was still down and out with quarantine in that area. Is it still pretty well locked up right now? It's still locked up. I don't think there's anything running out here. I I saw Anarchy post on Twitter that there's a good chance they might be able to run next Friday. 
depending on the numbers of like the percentage of COVID and this, whatever that, you know what I'm saying? Whatever happens, happens. I don't know, but um, there's a chance they might be running. I'm not sure when Glory's coming back, but things are totally up in the air right now. It's a weird yeah. time. For us wrestling fans, I know it's hard enough for you wrestlers uh, who are dependent on these shows. It's been very hard on everyone involved, even the fans, as far as being able to watch great shows. You know, uh, Tom's going to go to a show this weekend down in Tennessee, and I was able to go up to near Indianapolis area to watch one a couple weeks ago. But slowly but surely, you guys are going to get back to normal a little bit, and hopefully everything will work out for the best. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you so much, sir, uh, for joining us tonight. I greatly appreciate it. And I know you have a very, very busy weekend. And I hope this weekend uh, that you definitely show out and people show up and recognize the talent that you are and that you are able to capitalize on this moment, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thank you very much and have a good night.